Hello listeners, welcome to another episode of Canadian Manufacturing Talks. Today I'm joined by Tom Leeson, Senior Industry Strategist at OpenText. He joined us to talk about Industry 4.0, digitalization strategies, supply chain crunches, and how EIM software can help manufacturers take advantage of new technologies and the changing economy. Thank you, Tom, uh, for joining me. I had uh, a number of questions about uh, supply chain resiliency uh, in manufacturing and uh, how manufacturers could take advantage advantage of industry 4.0 tools to uh, really become more resilient uh, companies uh, in 2021, um, moving out of the pandemic and into a post-pandemic economy. So I will start off by asking you, uh, in your, you know, expert opinion, uh, how far along are digitalization strategies in uh, industry 4.0 trends among uh, smaller manufacturers? I'm curious, basically, if there are particular industries that are lagging behind in terms of industry 4.0 adoption, or is this across the board, regardless of whether it's automotive manufacturing food or, uh, you know, battery or or whatever they're involved in? Hi, Sadi. Thanks for asking me along. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, To answer your first question, I I think it's across the board. I think, um, obviously, in these situations, you do have leaders. So things like the automotive industry, uh, life sciences, medical device industry, perhaps are leading the way, but but we're coming becoming mature. I mean, the, the digital transformation of manufacturing has, has really been driven by this thing called Industry 4.0 uh, and really the digitization and creation of smart fa- factories, digital supply chains. And it's all really about the fourth industrial revolution being driven by data. Um, and data has really been increasingly collected and unprecedented volumes and velocities. Uh, and there really is a need for all manufacturers of all sizes to, to leverage this data for a business advantage. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned that. We'll be, we'll be revisiting that point again, where you said uh, leveraging data for business decisions. So I guess that, that leads me to a question about uh, supply chain resiliency. Uh, so I've, I've heard uh, some uh, different takes on, on supply chain, on experiencing a supply chain crunch. Uh, some people have told me that larger manufacturers with large orders uh, are unable to see them fulfilled because the orders are, orders are so large. And then I've heard uh, smaller manufacturers uh, are experiencing the supply chain crunch because they're being serviced last and are not being prioritized as much next to the larger manufacturers. Uh, so I'm curious, um, I guess, how how can uh, both, both of these manufacturers build a more resilient supply chain? Uh, if you're seeing one of these um, issues more than the other, are the larger manufacturers experiencing the supply chain crunch compared to the smaller ones? Or, or I guess, uh, w- curious to hear what your take is on that. I, I think in the case of what was arisen from the pandemic and subsequently what's arisen from the recovery, you know, huge supply and demand, shortage of, uh, shortage of material, shortages of parts, there's, there's huge disruption in the supply chain affecting companies uh, differently. And I think the level playing field is really digitization. You know, the more digitally astute our manufacturers are, be them huge or, or, or small to medium size, then by being, digit- by being digitally uh, connected, uh, they, can, they can plug the gaps, they can respond to things faster. Uh, if, there's sh- if there's shortages of parts, they can pivot and look to, to source alternatively. If you if you're not digitally astute, okay, then you can't really react um, to this, to situations quick enough. Um, so you you're not really adaptable enough, and that that's definitely something that's going to 
be a requirement in the future? Um, for sure. Uh, one of the uh, common terms I'm seeing a lot these days when it comes to discussing the supply chain is uh, people mentioning having a visible supply chain. Uh, what do we mean by visible supply chain? Uh, how can manufacturers, what do we mean when manufacturers try and establish this type of transparency? Uh, what do we mean by that? So during the pandemic for the supply chain, it wasn't so much a lesson learned. It was, it was really a fear confirmed. Um, they experienced firsthand what they already thought and knew and that was that the means of communication being used today doesn't provide enough real-time understanding of what's happening across the supply chains, especially multi-level or long-tail global supply chains, which can be complex. A, a visible supply chain is really a supply chain where the parties involved can see, can track, can trace the real-time status of orders, shipments, payments, in a way that's transparent to all parties involved. Uh, transparency is achieved when the supply chain is digitally modelled and it produces a digital thread that can be followed um, informing stakeholders in real time what the, the status of su the supply chain is. And it's, and it's been recorded that during the pandemic, as I mentioned previously, that manufacturers that were more digitally astute further along their Industry 4.0 journey um, fared better than others who very often were in the dark as to what the status of the supply chain was across the world. They didn't know how the pandemic was affecting people. Um, they, they, didn't, they didn't have good, uh, good real-time knowledge or communication. My next question, I'm not sure if I even know how to uh, ask this uh, correctly, but um, it, it touches on the thing you said earlier about leveraging data for business decisions. On OpenText site, I also noticed um, a key point mentioning how to monetize data into new business models. And it said, technologies such as sensors and RFID tags are collecting valuable data from billions of data points, creating a need to transform data into business intelligence. I'm curious basically what examples of that look like. What do we mean by technologies such as sensors and RFID tags collecting data from billions of data points? I'm curious what that looks like in a manufacturing setting. Oh, there's a... There's a there's a number of a number of use cases uh, really, but it's 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 really the the connectivity of the many sensors that are that are that are around factories and supply chains uh, today um, as they go in this industry 4.0 journey. Um, you know we have in fact for a long time we've had machine to machine communication, recording data from machines, performance, productivity data. But with the Internet of Things, we've really been able now to connect that at scale across what we call a, an industry grid. So, so take, for example, um, a forklift truck being used on a factory floor or a warehouse floor. It's covered, in, it's covered in sensors, and those sensors can be monitored. The data from those sensors is collected in a huge data lake. That, um, that information in the data lake is processed through analytics. And with the uh, analytics, then you can make informed business decisions as to how to utilize the productivity of, of that forklift truck. Similarly, if you have shipments going through your supply chain, um, RFID tags and monitors and beacons and GPS is now used to track the condition of goods um, as they go through the supply chain. Again, that information is collected. Say it's the food and bev, bev industry and the food and bev industry transporting goods that are temperature sensitive, you can track its whole journey and then 
you can either monitor refrigeration on the fly, turn things up, turn things down, or if some if a shipment for perhaps has reached its end goal and it's perished, uh, you can actually trace the providence of that shipment to understand, looking at the data, where things went wrong. Um, it's a very exciting time. That was uh, very enlightening, actually. Yeah, so I'm I'm glad uh, our our listeners will get a chance to 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 hear that. Yes, yeah, so thank you, Tom. There's a number of uh, different kinds of software applications and digitalization strategies that uh, purport to help manufacturers and help them transition to adopt industry 4.0 tools. Uh, so I'm specifically curious about open text and EIM software, and I'm curious what separates open text from maybe some of its competitors and maybe some of the other kinds of uh, software applications out there that are uh, trying to help manufacturers. So the story is uh, the future is uh, smart manufacturing and digital supply chains are adopting a lot of technologies that are called disruptive technologies. The cloud, internet of things, artificial intelligence are good examples. Um, these will these will be adopted and, and rather than be disruption technologies will become transformational, transformational technologies as the small and medium sized enterprises start to implement their 4.0 journey. Um, open text and information management, um, we provide what, what we call a unified integration platform that's based on cloud, um, addresses a number of customer challenges, be it how you manage content and share content in the cloud, how you manage your supply chain in the cloud, how you interact with your customers and the customer experience. And again, it's all about leveraging the data. So we have a technology stack within that that's our own IoT platform that helps us share data and resolve data at scale across multiple manufacturing sites. And we use analytics and AI extensively to understand that data, make it prescriptive or, uh, or predictive, and, and really help increase the productivity both of the supply chain and the manufacturing shortfall. That's, that's uh, OpenText's uh, unique uh, offering to manufacturing 4.0. As more and more companies begin their industry 4.0 journey, I'm curious how this would affect the labor market. Uh, we're hearing, we're seeing that sort of uh, industry 4.0 may exacerbate the labor shortage um, through the creation of highly specialized roles. And we already know that there are, there is a huge labor shortage in manufacturing. Uh, wouldn't industry 4.0 adoption exacerbate the labor shortage by creating these hard to fill, uh, highly specialized roles? Uh, I know that you know industry 4.0 aims to maybe automate some of the more inefficient processes. Uh, I'm curious um, what that means for the labor market, uh, in your opinion. That's a great question, and it's um it's a question that has to be answered every 20 years or so. Yeah, because uh, every because every time you have an industrial revolution, you have a change and you have to have a change of culture. Um, and, and generally we've seen that industrial revolutions have been changes for the better. So yes, there's going to be challenges going forward. But um, you know, you made a couple of, a couple of good points there. Um, digital transformation of the manufacturing space means you are going to have more automation. You are going to have more, and not just automation by robots. You know, you have uh, robotic process automation that actually lets you automate many straightforward, mundane uh, processes that um, really have no value to the, the, um, the operator, you know? So that actually, we can actually improve 
the skills of people in the industry. And we can also um, attract uh, the new skills that we need. You know, digital, uh, digital transformation skills uh, in the various industries is very uh, competitive. But having spent all my life in manufacturing, um, it's a really interesting place to be. And I think we're in a good position to actually um, hire those skills, teach those skills, retrain existing workforce. Um, I mean, having a challenge in traditional manufacturing skills isn't, um, uh, you know, isn't, isn't something that manufacturing hasn't had to face before. I mean, in, in, the, uh, in the US, there's something like 800,000 open manufacturing jobs. So uh, I, I see it as an advantage and an opportunity, really, um, for, for people to, to have good, interesting, up-to-date employment in the future. Yeah, and um, I'm, I'm also hearing along with the, the 800,000 openings that there's a lot of workers now who have a lot more power in terms of deciding and negotiating for more fulfilling and, and, and well-paying uh, work as well. So that's certainly uh, encouraging to hear. Um, I think uh, the last question I had was sort of related to the chip shortage and the, in the semiconductor shortage in, in the global marketplace. I'm, I'm curious how, um, I, I guess, um, uh, digitalization strategies can help to resolve an issue like that. I know uh, uh, has to do with the s supply chains and uh, how larger manufacturers may be serviced first with uh, chips and semiconductors. But I'm I'm curious what your take is on that in terms of um, you know EIM software, how open text, how uh, digitalization digitalization strategies uh, at large can can help to uh, address uh, chip shortages like that. Well, I think it really goes to the theme of today's discussion. So I think it was a perfect question. And it's really about robustness and visibility. Yeah. So if we're working in a digital environment where this information is recorded and, uh, you know, different parties like the high-tech industry and semiconductors, the automotive industry, and they're in a supply chain collaboration environment that's digital, they can, uh, they, they can predict it, and to some extent um, how to mitigate for these things. I mean, I think I think the uh, I think the bounce back, for example, of the automotive industry really took people by surprise. Um, and I mean, it's well documented that the the shift in the chip manufacturers' uh, production, when there was a, a real crash in the automotive space, um, they haven't been able to react as quickly to that. Um, so the, there's going to be some delay as. Um, as the manufacturing capacity actually gets up to speed uh, in, in the uh, semiconductor area. So if you're in a digital environment where you can manage that, where you can, you know, fine tune as much as possible your product productivity around supply and demand, um, it, it's, a, it's a far more robust and reliable uh, place to be. And we're working on that with, uh, with a number of uh, semiconductor uh, semiconductor customers. That's encouraging to hear that uh, not just the, the quick bounce back of the automotive industry, but also that the, uh, the semiconductor chips as well. We're, we're also seeing a lot of traction in the global marketplace, especially in terms of manufacturing when it comes to sustainability and clean tech initiatives. Um, and uh, especially here in Canada, uh, there's been um, quite a bit of investment and in public infrastructure uh, invested in uh, clean tech initiatives. Uh, I'm curious if uh, digital, digitalization strategies can pivot and respond to 
uh, how well they can respond to, I guess, a new focus and new products and things like that. Uh, if a company, if a manufacturer wants to take advantage of that investment and wants to create a sustainable a product or something like that, or, or uh, if um, the clean tech stuff is just a trend. So I think the clean tech, you know, describing the clean tech uh, stuff as, as a trend, it's most definitely a trend. It's most definitely going to be come 2025, 2030, uh, the number one trend in manufacturing. I mean, sustainability uh, is no longer a paragraph on a manufacturer's website. You know, capital investment, stakeholder value, uh, shareholder value. Um, it's all been measured on a green agenda as we, we go towards 2030 and 2050 and the, the, the carbon zero initiatives. And we've got huge examples in manufacturing right now with companies like BMW, Toyota, Robert Bosch, um, who are already uh, carbon neutral or very close to being carbon neutral. Uh, in, my, in my analysis and work that I do here at OpenText, um, for 2021 and 2022, there's, there's, there's three major trends in manufacturing. Um, one is the adoption of the, uh, the future of work, which we've touched on today in remote working, uh, digitization and robustness of supply chain. And the third trend will be around sustainability. We'll see it increasingly coming on the, uh, the agenda. Clean tech is very important. Tom, I think uh, we, we covered uh, all of the questions that I, I wanted to do touch on today. So uh, I wanted to thank you for your time and your, your insight. Uh, I feel like our listeners will learn a lot. So thank you very much uh, for your time today. We really appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to uh, sit down with us. Well, thanks, thanks for the opportunity. It's been a, a real pleasure, been a great discussion today. Thanks for your time.